I think it's mental and and physical, you know, just being like fully mentally and physically in the moment of what's going on. And then after, after you're done with that, I think that's what, what life's about. I think everybody's kind of chasing a flow state and you can achieve a flow state in, you know, like through your work. If you're like super good at what you, you know, if like you're a banker and numbers are your thing and you get into a flow with numbers and everything starts to, you know, everything just makes perfect sense. And there's like this effortless flow that you do while you're working. Um, that's like the same flow I feel when I'm surfing sometimes, like I won't even know what you, you, you're not thinking about what's going on in the moment. Things are just happening. Like all of a sudden you're spinning a 360 and you, you land back perfectly in the wave. And it, it just puts the biggest smile on your face because it feels so good and so effortless, effortless. That's what you were put here to do, you know? Monday, June 29th, 2020. What's up, everyone? I'm Paul Clark. What's up, Paul? I'm on the beautiful Rogue River outside of Gold Hill in southern Oregon. In this episode, however, we're talking with Alex Maurer from his home office in Denver, Colorado. We're talking flow state, what it is to get in the flow of the river as a metaphor and parable of life. We're also talking about ambassadorships and sponsorships and recovering from injuries. I've been looking forward to talking to Alex for a while. It's been a few years since I've paddled with him. So without further ado, Alex Maurer. Alex Maurer, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Paul. I'm super stoked to uh, be talking to you today. I'm excited to talk to you, too. I'm here in southern Oregon next to Grandma's Drop on the Rogue River. I know you've been interested in coming out here. You're in Denver. How's the weather out there? Today, the weather's uh, bluebird, bluebird sunny, <laughs> um, super hot out. Uh, we've been having a little bit of rainstorms lately, which is good to kind of pick the river levels up a little bit, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I've been super interested in running grandma's drop. Looks super <laughs> fr- fun from all the videos you post about it. Well, I think there's a direct flight from Denver to Medford. Come on out. <laughs> yeah, I got to I got to book one of those for sure. <laughs> uh, so you are a stand-up paddler. You you chase surf where you could find it. Uh, tell my audience who may not know who you are a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you got into paddling. Yeah, so my name's Alex Maurer, like you said. I'm from Denver, Colorado. Um, in about like 2002, my parents got separated. My dad moved to Golden, Colorado, which is, I mean, he moved a block away from the river, which is Clear Creek. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we spent so much time out on the river on boogie boards, um, just riding river waves with on boogie boards, just like the kayakers did. Yeah. And uh, just evolving from that, I got super interested in surfing. My dad grew up on the East Coast surfing. Um, so as soon as, as soon as he could, he took me and my brothers on a trip to California and taught us how to surf there. And then I got super hooked on, hooked. on surfing. Hooked. Yeah, got the stoke, and that's all I wanted to do ever. Um, and then about like 2000, 2007, 2008, um, I started talking to kayakers and they were saying, you know, like, oh, you should be able to surf a surfboard on this wave. Go try this wave or go try this wave. So uh, me and my dad started traveling around and actually, you know, surfing on regular surfboards on different river waves. Yeah. And then mostly in Colorado. Um, I take it. 
Yeah, mostly in Colorado. There was a quick trip that we did um, to Oregon mm -hmm. to surf with Elijah Mack, who was, yeah. I mean, at the time when I was on, I think it was like MySpace back then. Um, <laughs> he was like the guy that, that, you know, came up the most for river surfing. Oh, for so sure. it took a, yeah, it took a quick trip out to Oregon. And, um, actually that was, uh, that was a pretty pivotal point for me, um, going to Oregon. So pretty much like the only person that I knew doing it was, was Elijah Mack. And then some of the guys that he had connections with in Canada and mm -hmm. some other places around the world. Um, but going out there, I had no idea what to expect. I'd only been in rivers in Colorado, uh, went out there, Oh, it was during the winter and it was super cold. <laughs> Did you go and... to Trestle's Wave? Because that's the only place that I've seen him surf out here. And I haven't heard his name in, in forever. So that thanks for bringing that up. I might have to find him and, and talk to him about the origins of river surfing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was so long ago and I was, I was way younger. So I don't remember exactly which wave that we were surfing. I remember he said it was below a glacier. Oh, the water, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, the water was like super cold. I remember like I hopped in, like paddled into the wave, and then it was it was such a, a short surf on that wave. Um the swim back up to the top of the wave, my legs like went numb within yeah. like within minutes. Um <laughs> so I had a, I had a my first freak out in the river during sure. that trip. And um <laughs> I can't like move. A, <laughs> yeah i couldn't move it was, it was weird it was like a class three sw swim oh, and like even better yeah before that i hadn't really run any rivers or like done anything like that so so getting washed through a class three um when i couldn't like feel my ex extremities kind of i remember at one point i was like floating through it and i sat up and like sat on the board and i was like man this is it <laughs> you know because like i'd never gone through anything like that before but um, luckily like managed to muster up uh, enough power to swim to the side and got out. And, you know, at that point I was like, man, do I really love surfing? And then of course I do. Cause however many years later, I'm still charging and chasing river waves. So, uh, so how old were you? Like, when was this? Yeah. So when I first started on the boogie boards in the river, I was about like 12, 13. And then, um, oh man, it was probably like like 17 18 when i when i was uh took that trip to okay. to oregon to surf for the the first time um just kind of young dumb didn't you know didn't really know rules of the river sure. safety anything sure. like that but uh you got into it uh you've uh you've been doing it for a bit now how old are you actually remind me how old you are yeah so 33 now okay okay just a youngster <laughs> <laughs> Try, trying to stay young anyway with uh with fitness and all that but yeah and then uh so shortly after that trip um as you know runoff season can be i mean it can be great and it can be it can you can grovel you know you can have great water and then some years you can have like a week or two of flow and then that's it um so surfing on shortboards during those seasons where you get like one or two weeks of heavy flow um it, i mean it sucks so I saw some, <laughs> as far I saw as just people... the longevity of it like the, the 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 water might be fantastic whether it be a park yeah. wave or a natural wave but it's short 
And it's interesting to me that Colorado remains in many ways the epicenter for river surfing, or at least river sup surfing. I think it's because of so many parks. And Golden, I think, according to, to Mike Harvey, was the very first river park in Colorado that at least created uh, waves, maybe not waves, or at least just modified rapids. But, you know, the, like the entire park scene is huge in Colorado, and maybe that's why it's the epicenter. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool, you know. I mean, we got so many of these river parks that are popping up, um, like skate parks, pretty much. Yep. And it could be because you know Mike Harvey's based out here, and um, he's doing so much research uh, building waves like that. I know um, there's a couple other companies out here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Glenwood's a pretty iconic wave, sure. no matter where you are in the world. Um, you, and that was actually much... the last time we were together. Like you were you were paddling. Uh, for Bick at the time, and uh, you hired me to do some shooting uh, of you on a, an inflatable river surfer at Glenwood during the GoPro games. Uh, man, was that a few years ago, four years ago now? So Glenwood, that yeah, was like my was first like... time in Glenwood. So thanks for showing me the lines. <laughs> for sure, yeah, that was like four years ago. That was a super super fun time. Um, back when GoPro was like kind of peaking and still like, su- you know, I mean, like the river scene was kind of still growing and getting super mm-hmm. heavy, mm-hmm. which was such a fun time. And I, you know, I oftentimes when I'm sitting there, I just miss the <laughs> growth, the growth and excitement of the, of the sport, which you mentioned earlier, I think. Um, yeah, I miss those days for sure. <laughs> so what do you mean by that? Do you, do you suspect that the, the growth has waned? What, uh, what is happening with the, the growth of, of river sup at least? Um, is it, I mean, I think it's starting to grow, especially with waves. Are you seeing something different in Colorado? You know, I the sport itself is still growing, but I think the excitement with like events, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, with different events, is kind of it, it's kind of peaked and plateaued a little bit. Um, so we don't you don't see as much excitement with with some of the events that you did when the fir- the sport first started. Mm-hmm. I mean, the recreation side of things is is still growing exponentially. Um, when you go out on, on lakes and like just for floats on, uh, easy stretches of river, um, there's loads of people that are get starting to get into it and, um, just out on the water having fun, which is awesome. Good. And maybe the, like, who, who knows what this 2020s weirdness is going to predict for the future in so many things, but all the, the river events for the most part. Uh, most of the river events, I'll say, are are canceled for the season. The big ones, the the spring runoff ones like GoPro and Fibark and a lot of the stuff in the, the southeast are canceled for the season. And the few events that happen in the Pacific Northwest canceled for the season. So if the, the event circuit is already on its uh, decline potentially, and you're seeing that in open water uh, and, and sup race events, who knows what the those festivals, what their future is going to hold? Hopefully, it'll continue because they do really spark that that enthusiasm. Um, I have yet to be at a Fibark, but I want to go to Fibark and I want to go to a Golly Fest <laughs> out in the southeast. Yeah, I want to go to a Golly Fest too. Those look super fun. Just river, just river people celebrating being on the river in uh, is 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 much responsible way as possible. <laughs> I say that a little tongue in cheek. At least they're responsible on the water, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, yeah. Parties. I hope, uh, they're definitely parties. I hope the the event scene picks up a bit because it, it's. I mean, just being in an uh, an event like 
like pay at river games when they had the pay at river games it's such a great experience and you make so many awesome relationships with people um that just last a long long time you know yep so i hope uh i hope those pick up and i hope more people get interested and um find the love for it that i've had over the years for sure exactly i mean i've i've, I've of course uh, a strong enthusiast for uh river board travel and in the number of years that I've been doing it, I, I think I'm seeing a growth. Uh, it's it's a little bit more in, in marketing. Uh, I know the box stores like REI are starting to incorporate river and expedition paddleboard travel. So that might help uh, to get the, the spark going. But as you called it, the whitewater parks in Colorado, at least, are like skate parks. And if you don't have skate parks, often you don't have kids being introduced to it so maybe if if river paddle boarding is to be a thing in the future uh access is going to be a, a key part of that uh less expensive equipment uh that doesn't require shuttles and um a ton of gear and a ton of investment if you could just go and do a park and play event like at confluence park or salida or bend i think you're going to start getting like a community of river stewards hopefully 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 access is important a 200 hundred dollar foam top board is uh is more accessible to a, a young kid uh than uh, a more river oriented paddleboard yeah yeah definitely and it's it we're in such a weird spot with all the the parks pop, popping up too because mm -hmm. i mean like i mentioned earlier um you could have heavy flow seasons where the waves are super good for like two weeks and then uh the water's done um, that's actually the reason why I got into stand-up paddle is because on a bigger board, you can ride smaller waves, yeah. obviously, and then paddling down river is super fun. And then you can search for new waves as you paddle down river as well. Um, but I feel like it's kind of in a weird spot right now with, with the parks popping up like skate parks, mm -hmm. kids are, I mean, when I go out and surf a wave, um, it's cool because you'll see like a younger generation there, but everybody's leaning more towards um, towards like shortboard surfing with like foam top surfboards yeah. um, because of like J-O-B and Ben Gravy, um, guys like that that are kind of reintroduced the soft top, soft top surfboard as something cool. It's a thing. Um, yeah, it's a thing now. And like, dude, I mean, look at Badfish. They're, they got like this little black ball beater um, foam board that you go to Salida and like everybody's got one of those. You know what I mean? It's success. It's accessibility. Uh, Travis Yamada, who um, uh, his his brand Cubicle in Bend, he shapes very specific epoxy boards for river surfing, including the Bend Whitewater Park. But of course, I mean he's just uh, he uh, he's branded some soft top boards too, and they they leave his shop without uh, much. <laughs> much uh, work on his part and he gets kids on the river and i was just actually at bend last week and just watching you know i was paddling too but just watching the the new generation of kids in bathing suits and and board shorts just jumping in and swimming through the rapids and uh you know boogie boarding and you know bend is my home or at least it was i hadn't been back in a while but just looking this new generation of water men being raised and getting experience with uh with turbulent water is amazing it's like the ocean is not the only place to to get your 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 water feet so that's that's great to see that's awesome to hear too I, yeah actually 
follow uh follow cubicle on instagram yep. their boards look super awesome yep um he's travis so cool. is going to be a guest on my podcast here too so <laughs> oh sweet yeah i'll have to look out for that one it's so cool to hear like kids are growing up like that because i mean that's when my dad moved to gold and that's the only thing i had to do like all day mm-hmm. is just go down and play it you know he was like here's this boogie board go play in the river you know so <laughs> i mean we grew up the same way just jumping through the you know the kayakers probably it was a nightmare for them and they probably hated it, but it was, it was super fun, you know? Yeah. And, and it, it stuck. And now as an adult, uh, it's, it's your passion. So how did you, uh, I'm going to actually ask a, a couple of, of questions, uh, questions about being an ambassador for brands in the industry and recovering from injuries. A lot of people get into river paddle boarding and they look at a couple of brands, a Hala, a bad fish, a you name the 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 brands, and as a as a ticket to maybe get some discounted equipment or be on a team to to share their content. Uh, I know you've been an ambassador. You've been a you know sponsored team rider. How is how does being an ambassador for a brand affect? your paddling it's a loaded question and i've never talked to a guest about being an ambassador but uh how how does how does that work how does being an ambassador work and do you recommend people doing it or do you just recommend people free paddling long question long-winded question yeah yeah for sure um yeah um with ambassadorships obviously comes comes a a lot of responsibility you know um you definitely want to make sure that you're representing a brand that you you fully believe in um that makes equipment for what you love to do specifically and make sure that you know they have the best equipment to um help you out um like with your your skill level increasing um no matter if you're racing surfing um or just adventure paddling uh for sure but i think uh I think because of social, social media, we're in an age where, you know, if, if I often think that like, you know, if I was born maybe like 20 years earlier and got, you know, like every, everything was like 20 years earlier before social media, like fully kicked off. I think that as, as an athlete or as an ambassador, um, you're a little more valuable to companies. Um, I think social media, I love social media and I spend so much time on it, but I think it devalues, um, athletes and, mm-hmm. you know, cause anybody can go out there and get a board and get a sweet picture. So there's a lot of brands out there that'll offer. So an ambassadorship and an, a sponsorship, they're, they're totally different things like ambassadors. I don't think there is actually um, even sponsorship anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So like being an ambassador, you represent a company, um, you post on social media for them. Um, there might, you know, they might have a list of things that you agree to do with them for either a discount on their equipment, or if you're super lucky, you get free equipment from them. Um, and then sponsorship, obviously, I I got to experience a little bit of that with um, with Bixup because um, they paid for travel, put, mm-hmm. paid for events, gave mm-hmm. me day fees for like photo shoots and stuff like that. So, I mean, sponsorships completely different where, um, you get taken care of a little bit more by the company. Um, they want you to be at events. So they'll, they'll actually pay for you to be there. Um, when you have to do photo shoots, um, you know, you're not out by your, by yourself, like 
you got hired on by by me mm-hmm. four years ago to mm-hmm. do a, a shoot at Glenwood. Um, they fully cover all that stuff and take really, you know, take f- full full care of you as far as all that goes. A sponsored um, athlete is an employee. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're an employee. I mean, you you fully represent that brand. So when you're on social media, you want to make sure that you know you're not doing anything that's going to devalue the company or give the company a bad name. Because um, I mean, you're part of the brand as far as that goes. Um, but I, you know, I fully recommend to people to chase their passions. Um, anything, anything that you want to do is possible. I mean, when I first started surfing, the only thing I wanted to do was, I was like, man, if I could get a, if I could get free boards, cause I can't afford to buy boards. <laughs> like if I can just get free boards, I made it, you know? And, it, and like living in Colorado, trying to get free surfboards, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. So <laughs> A lot of people that I talked to were like, dude, there's no way that you'll get a sponsorship ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So when it happens, you, you jump right onto it. And, and some younger athletes are like, okay. And like you were saying, align with the brands that uh, you're passionate about. Sometimes if you get that opportunity, that once in a lifetime opportunity, hey, I'm going to be an employee for this, uh, this XYZ brand. I'm going to jump all over it. And then sometimes you might scratch your head and say, oh, what did I sign up for? <laughs> But for sure, it, it's it's so interesting. The I, I mean, like you, I am I'm a, a fair bit older than you. Uh, I have uh, I have I, I've seen this transition from professional outdoor athletes with uh, uh, alignment with brands and with publishing houses like magazines go from yeah. sponsored athletes, employees to publishing to social media and ambassadors. And, you know, from that perspective, I've seen that generation, you know, you get uh, aligned with a brand, you travel, you get a couple of shots, you submit those for their catalog, you submit those to magazines, you might see that image published uh, within the year, you get a paycheck in the mail, and you're like, heck yeah, I've made it, I've made it. Uh, And now with social media and the ambassador program, like, there's so much content that's flooding out there that like like you said there's a a devaluation even in the publishing industry i've actually stopped submitting photos to magazines because they just don't pay even the higher name brand magazines don't pay for content because they could get it for free and yeah it's crazy it is It's, it's it's just crazy so i would recommend if you don't be if you don't have to be an ambassador if you don't have to align to a brand don't I've been fortunate, very fortunate, to align with brands that I believe in, including Hala and Sawyer. Now that uh, you know, they've 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 paved the way for the type of adventuring that I go for. So that's fantastic. But like the 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 whole thing with social media uh, photo contests, and I'm going to reveal a little secret now, Alex. You know this little secret. When an online publishing house says, "Some we're doing this photo contest." Send us your best work and you might win a hundred bucks or you might win a trip to Tahiti or you might get a free this and that. What they're doing is they're getting hundreds of submissions of banger shots that they'll then use in their in their in their arsenal of of photos for their social media or maybe even their print uh, campaigns. And you may not have won that hundred bucks, but you've signed off that great photo of yours that, you know, 10 years ago could have been used for leverage for the cover of a magazine. And now it's just like signed away. And there's my image as a billboard over I five. Great. Thank you very much. (laughs) A photo contest. (laughs) 
photo contests are scams, everyone. Just to let you know, it's just a way to get content to, to magazines that they never have to pay for. That's, yeah, man, it's so crazy how they do that. And you do make a, a really good point. You know, if you don't, if so, for me, like growing up, I wasn't super well off, mm-hmm. um, didn't have a lot of money. Um, obviously, stand up paddling, it's it's expensive. To, it can be expensive to get oh, into. It is. Um, for sure. I mean, if, if you want like really good equipment, you, I mean, don't get me wrong. You can go on Amazon and find it, uh, a crummy inflatable that'll do just fine for flat water for a couple hundred bucks. But, um, you know, if you want good quality equipment, it's super expensive to get into. So I actually had to go down the ambassador sponsorship road. Um, and I think for me, I love, I love to try to represent a brand because it, it sparks a fire inside of me where, you know, it makes me want to try harder to be a faster paddler, mm-hmm. or it makes me want to like run something a little bigger or surf something a little bigger. Um, so for me, it kind of helps spark a fire inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just seeing yourself, I mean, it's a ton of work to be an athlete. You have to give a hundred percent of everything that you have to this, you know, to, to your practice. And then oftentimes, you don't see as big of a return because you're giving literally every, like you're everything you have, like every single day practicing. And sometimes the return is so small, but just seeing how much hard work that you put into something that you are so passionate and that you love so much turn into like, you know, when you do get free stuff in the mail, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it feels, it makes you feel really good, you know? And, it kind of sparks a little bit of fire and makes you want to try harder and earn more and, um, you know, see how far you can push yourself. I don't know. Do you experience any of that with, with, um, like your training and, and stuff like that? Well, Alex, just don't get, don't, uh, don't get me wrong here, but, uh, I don't train. <laughs> <laughs> I am as, as much of an off the couch athlete as I possibly can be until this last year. Now that I am 47 years old, I can no longer be that off the couch athlete. I actually do have to train and I do have to focus on fitness, which includes nutrition and just being active because of my injury to uh, my AC separation in my shoulder last year, I was able to paddle, but I wasn't able to paddle at the level that I was used to. And then when I was on the water and not paddling the way that I like, I started not enjoying paddling. I felt, oh, I'm getting older. I'm feeling more vulnerable. I can't do this. I can't do that. And that cycle of I can't do this and can't do that was really depressing uh, to the point where I just felt burnt out like I was looking for something different and fortunately through content creation I was able to do something different I worked at a at a winery uh, and uh, not being on the water but now that I'm back on the water almost a full recovery over the shoulder I'm feeling stronger I'm feeling more fit and I'm feeling more motivated so it's fantastic my shoulder I was still able to paddle you had Achilles tendon rupture a couple of years ago and oh my gosh that i mean you couldn't walk you had to have surgery you had to have recovery and yet i still saw you i think you were paddling with your boot on alex yeah yeah i was that injury oh man i anybody who's listening never ever rupture your achilles because i feel like don't do it 
don't do it. Like if you need a new knee or a new hip, like you can be, you know, I mean, like you're not, you're not going to be fully healed, but I mean, you're going to be walking around within a couple of weeks of that. Um, with the Achilles rupture, I mean, I was running up an American Ninja Warrior warped wall. It's on your social was, media. It is. Yeah. I was, I was running, I was running too fast into the wall and I put my foot up a little high, at, uh, like the perfect angle just to like completely rupture it. And it's the weirdest feeling ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like, like I thought somebody hit me with a sledgehammer, yeah. like in the back of the leg. And then I remember I turned around. You're like, who hit me? The wall. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who's behind you? What happened? You know? And I got to the bottom of the wall and I don't know. It's such a crazy like jolt that you feel it in your whole body. And then when I got to the floor, like I just knew. Yeah. I was like, man. I'm done for a bit. I, yeah, like I ruptured my Achilles. Like I felt the back of my leg where your Achilles would be and there were, it was gone. There was <sighs> nothing there. <laughs> and then um, it was – it was quite painful. Um, it was, it's, it's weird. It hurt super, super bad. And it felt like, like, I don't like the most excruciating, like pain and fire that you, that you can imagine. And then like five minutes after that, it was like, I didn't, it was gone. I didn't feel any pain. <laughs> well, that's good. And, and the reason why I'm laughing, not at your pain, but you're kind of nonchalance. Oh yeah. It, it was quite painful. <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was pretty painful but um yeah i drove i actually drove myself i had i did to my right leg so i had to i drove myself home with my left foot and uh i talked to my brother the whole way i was like dude talk to me because i don't want to pass out just in case (laughs) Uh, well obviously the the physical element and the the mandatory rehab time how was that psychologically you know because you know as a surfer and as a stand-up paddleboarder uh, and as a person who's entering competitions and focused on, uh, you know, chasing that ambassadorship and that uh, that sponsorship lineup, you know, you have obligations and responsibilities, a reputation, a livelihood yeah. potentially. Like how how were you able to recover during that time psychologically? I know you shared so, a lot of blogs and, and you wrote about it, but just tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, this happened at the worst time ever because yeah. I actually just got off of the phone. Um, with Sawyer Paddles, who, mm-hmm. um, you know, who I've, I'm an ambassador for as well. Um, I just talked to Zach over there. Like, it was literally like same day, like 20 minutes before this happened. He was like, all right, we're going to send you some. It was like, I think it was like one of your paddles that you you were working on. He was like, we're going to send you some paddles to paddle with. I think he was going to send like three or four paddles over. And so I was super stoked for that. Um it happened right before runoff season of mm. 2019. So right before runoff season, um, I hadn't, you know, I mean, the water hadn't even started flowing yet. It was in April when it happened. And usually water starts to flow in like May. Um, and then I was just about to to um, do some paddle instructing for one of the companies out here in Colorado too. So I had this whole summer lined up of just like running whitewater, giving people lessons, um, and just having fun all summer. So when that happened, um, it put me on the couch. You can't walk for literally, it's like two months that you can't put weight on your foot for. Mm -hmm. Um, that's after the surgery. Yeah. That's after the surgery. I had crazy muscle atrophy in my right leg and I still, I'm not back to full size just yet. But performance wise, I, I think I'm about like 90%. Great. 
Um, so yeah, I pretty much spent the whole summer sitting with my foot up watching everybody get these like it was a really good runoff season last year it was super long there was of course like, it was <laughs> right so i pretty much like sat there and like watched everybody surf these awesome waves run awesome white water um and i sat there on the couch and it at one point i was i i got so frustrated i had to just tell myself you know what like no more social media and i <laughs> i started just posting like recovery stuff because i had to focus on myself instead of mm-hmm. feel bad for what everybody else was doing and feel bad that I couldn't participate and be part of um, the runoff that was going on and everybody having fun. So I just had to kind of put myself in a little bubble for my mental health so mm-hmm. that I wouldn't get too depressed. And then, you know, I mean, luckily I had a friend, Shannon Thomas from um, Ohio. He came out and, um, it was after a couple weeks after surgery, he spent like pretty much a full month binge watching Baywatch with me <laughs> to, to kind of keep me in better in a better mental place, you know. Well, that's a good friend. Hey, let's watch Baywatch. <laughs> yeah, we like the old Baywatches. We like binge watch Baywatch for like a month, and then he he got me outside a little bit, and he was like, "I'm gonna go surf this way. Come watch." So, kind of got me in better spirits, and it was just. It was it was awesome to have uh, such a good friend good, great. care so much and kind of help keep me in a better mental state while I recovered. You know, yeah, the the community. Regardless, I mean, you you have to you have to have the community, or you go down into this this rabbit hole. And you know, not to to belabor belabor the the sponsorship ambassadorship thing. Like, you don't necessarily have a community when you're online that's not really a community physical people are the the community the 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 outdoor environment that you perform in uh is is where that community is and so during this quarantine period we kind of realized that like okay our only option is is virtual friendships and uh that is beneficial imagine if we had a quarantine in the 1950s or or whatever but oh my gosh uh yeah you have to have that community to to grow stronger yeah that's why i actually really i love to go to events um stand-up paddling it's been the best thing for me and my that that i could have hoped for in my whole life you know it's it's no matter if it's surfing paddling whitewater i love going to ocean races and Mm. i love like i love every aspect of paddling because it i mean it takes so much of a person like you need to have endurance, you need to have balance, you need to have, you, you know what I mean? It, it just, it's something that no matter what you're doing, you can get challenged with it. And the, the mental fortitude <laughs> and yeah, the enjoyment, yeah, exactly. the enjoyment. So this, this last few days, uh, Kobe Bach, uh, and I think you guys are mutual friends, right? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We were talking a little bit cause, um, I, it was a little after I ruptured my Achilles, he went through, through surgery too. So we were kind of like touching base back and forth. Like, Hey man, how are you doing? Like, (laughs) you got this, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) And he had a full knee replacement, but uh, he's back. And we were just paddling on the rogue outside of Gold Hill where he lives. That's where I am now. Uh, And we were on the Trinity river. One of my favorite uh, Northern California rivers, uh, dropping some uh, big fun class three, uh, perfect, drops for paddle boards but it was really interesting so kovi bach uh that guy sometimes 
makes me crazy. Like he'll he'll grease a, a rapid like first try, no worries, keeps his hair dry. And then I jump in there. I'm like, oh, right, no worries. And like I swim eight times or whatever. Uh, <laughs> we did that twice. We did two laps uh, on uh, the Baghdad to big flat section of the Trinity River. And the biggest drop there is is called Hellhole. And he ran first day, dropped the mic, like, I've got it. You know, he finishes it, keeps his hair dry. He's like, okay, it's time to shoot you now. And I did, I did six laps and, you know, I'd fall on the board or whatever. It wasn't too, too bad, but I was just loving it, having fun, felt strong. The next day we did it again, same thing. He drops first, drops the mic, no worries, I've got this, time to shoot you now. Uh, and another like six laps and I was getting frustrated. And every little, every little thing was bothering me. Oh, I've got a rock in my shoe. Oh, there's cobwebs on this tree that I have to go around. Like I was just so in my head of not having fun that I just wasn't enjoying the rap. And finally I was able to, to get through with, uh, with dry hair as I like to call it. But uh, like you have to have fun. Like metal fortitude is a reminder of having fun. Yeah, for sure. You have to have, like, I've I've written blogs about this, and I kind of always fall into this thing that all the obligations you have as a professional athlete, whether it be an ambassador or, you know, an NFL player, all the stress that's associated with that activity, uh, if you could cut that away and just remember what the activity is and why that you love it, it's, uh, yeah, you have to have that. And as I'm getting older and as I'm, you know, advancing in this industry, that's my advice to people. Like, if you want to get into this sport, make sure you enjoy it. Make sure you laugh and get weird. So, you know, that's uh, I'm, I'm super stoked for you that uh, you're you're able to, to get back on the water and enjoy it and probably are even paddling stronger now. Yeah, yeah. I've, it's funny you mentioned that because, uh, you know, recently I've been feeling that same exact way. You, you have to do what makes you have the most fun and um what you're mentioning i think is uh i I think it's known as flow state it's where um you know like when i'm surfing a wave all of a sudden like everything else melts away nothing else exists and it's just this perfect relationship between you and what's going on right in the moment um just flowing across the wave, making turns effortlessly, uh, just in this, this kind of flow state where it might be kind of like a trance, like a hypnosis almost where, you know, you're like fully in the moment and everything is just clicking and you're fully connected to what's going on. And that's what we're going for. That's the T.S. Eliot Burton Norton poem about uh, being in the still point of a turning universe. I think that's always what that that moment, that transcendent moment is, whether it be a surfer barreled, pitted in a wave, or a skier with in the air with his his skis crossed, grabbing the the tip of the tail, or um, a mountain biker. She's making this big descent with you know one finger on the brakes or you know whatever it is a person doing a backflip you know a backflip lasts for a second but all of that training to do it is, is is i guess why we do it that tr- that that flow state that's is that the psychological or is that what does that term come from flow state because i like it i'm going to use it yeah i think well i think it's mental and and physical you know just being like fully mentally and physically in the moment of what's going on. And then after, after you're done with that, I think that's what, what, 
what life's about. I think everybody's kind of chasing a flow state and you can achieve a flow state in, you know, like through your work. If you're like super good at what you, you know, if like you're a banker and numbers are your thing and you get into a flow with numbers and everything starts to, you know, everything just makes perfect sense. And there's like this effortless flow that you do while you're working. Um, that's like the same flow I feel when I'm surfing sometimes, like I won't even know what you, you, you're not thinking about what's going on in the moment. Things are just happening. Like all of a sudden you're spinning a 360 uh-huh. and you, you land back perfectly in the wave and it, you know, it just puts the biggest smile on your face because it feels so good and so effortless, 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 like mm-hmm. that's what you were put here to do, you know? You know, I think that's I think that's the explanation. Why do you do what you do? Well, it's to find that flow. And it doesn't have to be surfing. It doesn't have to be mountain biking. It doesn't have to be gymnastics. But really, that's what we're doing, isn't it? Whether you're an accountant or just driving down the road, if you're not in a flow state, hmm, you might yeah. be doing something wrong. Right. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't I want think... to say that, but gosh, that's what we're doing. That's why we do it. That's why we make these sacrifices, isn't it? To have this transcendent state that identifies your purpose, but it doesn't last long. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. And you constantly chase it over and over again, just to try to achieve it for a couple more seconds um, as much as you can, you know? I imagine that's why people take drugs, but <laughs> I guess that's why we run rivers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're if you're out in nature and you're you're running rivers, surfing a wave, achieving flow state there, there's there's absolutely no need for drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fantastic. That is fantastic. I usually like to end these podcasts with a, a, a note of optimism, but I think that's it, Alex. You've done it. You, you've 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 pointed out this flow state that we should all strive for in our daily lives, whether you are an athlete or you're a server in a restaurant get into that flow and identify yourself with it i actually this is you know i I drive a lot and this is this is going to be some more rambling on mine but since running rivers i've become a better driver and what i mean by that is that i go with the flow if there's a car going fast behind me i'll move out of the way so they could go further if the the speed limit is 50 miles an hour but everybody's going 30 i guess i'm going to go 30 if the speed limit's 50 and everybody's going 80 i guess i'm going to go 80 you have to go with the flow and the people who fight that the people who are trying to overcome what that uh what that flow is you know are the road ragers they're flipping people off they're tailgating they're cutting people off and it's just like if they would just realize what the flow is and their place in it, I think everyone would be a better driver. <laughs> Dude, exactly. And I mean, that's the same mindset that you get when you're swimming a rapid too, right? You can't uh. fight the, you can't fight the water. You have to just go with the flow, you know, and then let your instincts take over. And you just need time and miles. And that's where these whitewater parks like in, in, in Bend uh, or maybe even the confluence in downtown Denver come in. Just throw yourself in the water and figure out how to go with uh, as little consequences as hopeful. Uh, don't get caught in rocks or bash your face in rocks, but understand how the currents work and how little work you actually have to do to go with the flow the the river metaphors are just amazing they're just great examples of of and parables of how people should perform 
Exactly. Anyway, Alex, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. You're an awesome guest, and now I'm just going to be pondering the the flow state all day long, and I'm going to I'm going to rem- that is it, isn't it? It's that transcendent <laughs> state that every maybe not every, but uh, what uh, what spiritual people look for. It's not yeah. permanent. It's transcendent, and we spend our entire life finding it, practicing it, rehearsing it, so that we can have it and identify ourselves with it. Thank you, Alex. Exactly. Of course. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I uh, hope we hopefully we get to paddle soon. Um, the grandma's is is in like Flynn right now. Grandma's drop on the Rogue River. Uh, I don't know what the level is. Kobe will have to remind me. But uh, there's nothing to hit unless you take weird lines. Kobe tried a weird line yesterday. Uh, you don't drag your fin, and uh, it's it's a good five foot drop. So come on out here, Alex. All right, let's do it. Yeah, we'll have to make a video.